Hey, welcome to another episode of Behind the Mic Conversations of Hope. We're going to start a new season with a show that I have been looking forward to for quite a while. I've invited five high school student athletes to join me today. Why? Well, the teen years can be challenging, but even more so in 2020. With COVID-19, we've watched schools close and turn to online classes. Now, this fall, we're hearing difficult conversations about whether schools will reopen, if so, what that looks like, whether fall sports will continue as planned, and all of the what-ifs that our students today are facing. I wanted to hear directly from our teenagers. My five guests today are not only student athletes, but they're also followers of Jesus Christ. I wanted to talk to them about what challenges they face as believers in public schools, their thoughts on topics that our society is facing today, and their insight into their personal relationship with Jesus. This show will be helpful for high school students and for parents of any child, K-12. through While we're focusing our attention, and rightfully so, on our jobs, our finances, our retirement, and so on, we need to remember that this is a very difficult time for our children and teens as well. Much of their normal is upside down, too. I hope that you will take some time out of your day and listen to the teens on today's show as we have a discussion with them from behind the mic. As I said, thank you all for joining us uh, on Behind the Mic, Conversations of Hope. And today we have the opportunity to speak with tomorrow's future. Uh, We have some high school students who are also believers from a local high school. They've all come together, and uh, we just want to hear from them, hear what they're struggling with, um, how they work through um, each of their lives on a daily basis with public schools and all the things that they are involved in. So let's start, guys. Tell us what your name is and what year you are in school. I'm Regan, and I'll be an incoming sophomore. Awesome. Play basketball. Yes. Hi, I'm Bree. Um, I'm going to be a junior, so that's fun. And you guys both <laughs> play basketball together. We have, yeah, some, we do. we have some athletes here. You guys are student athletes as well. All right. Hi, my name is Blaine, and I'm going to be a junior. And you play baseball. Baseball and basketball. And basketball. All right. And off to my right are two familiar faces. I've roped my kids into doing this as well. But they're, they're, but they're friends. All, they're all friends. So this works out really well. So next here. Uh, I'm Joshua, and I, uh, I will be a junior. And you play baseball. Yes. And last but not least. I'm Aaliyah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be a senior. You're a senior. Yes. All right. And you play basketball as well. Yes. With Regan and Bree. So we're going to have some icebreakers here. And hopefully you guys will have some fun with this. First one is you're only allowed to have three apps on your phone. Which apps do you choose? Okay. Well, I'm going to have... Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Text messaging. The call app. And then... YouTube. YouTube. Mm-hmm. What do you watch on YouTube? Um, I like to watch those little like and like animations, like this people like the odd ones out and Jada animations. Yeah. They okay. like little 
drawings. And it's funny. And they just tell their life stories. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, I would keep my text messages, like Bree said. Mm-hmm. And I'd keep my music because mm. that keeps me on track. Yeah. And calling. Like calling. Okay. Yeah. Got it. All right. Yeah. My, my three would be iMessage, phone, and probably YouTube. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you two YouTube's so far. Yeah. Mine would be probably the Bible app because I do like all my devotionals on that. Yeah. And then messaging and calling. Okay. All right, Joshua, you got three. This is going to be hard for you because you've got probably more apps than anybody I know. Well, I don't use many. I've I've only got like I've only got like four or five that I use a lot. Okay. So, so what are your three? Uh, probably Snapchat, um, music, and then, uh, probably YouTube. YouTube. Okay. All right. This is an interesting one. You get to invite any two people all throughout history. So dead or alive to have lunch with any two people. Who would you invite? Okay. So I would invite Kirk Franklin Oh. and... Okay, I didn't think of a second one before I grabbed the microphone. <laughs> well, while you're thinking, I'm just going to say, I'm sure Kirk Franklin is listening. So you're invited to join us on the podcast, all right? So you'll be hearing from my agent soon. <laughs> Do you have number two? Um, and then probably Erica Campbell. She's a gospel singer, and I like her song. She used to be with Mary Mary, which she did with her sister. Oh, yeah. But then they kind of split up, so now okay, I listen to hers. Um, mine would definitely be Trevor Bauer and Michael Brantley. They're two of my favorite baseball players. Really? Yeah. Okay. And Trevor Bauer does a lot of stuff on YouTube about pitching mechanics, and he's like really knowledgeable about it, so I'd love to sit down and talk to him about it. That could happen too, Trevor. Come on. Let's make this happen. <laughs> All right. I'd do Derek Dietrich, and uh, I'd probably do Ben Simmons then too. Okay. No surprise. No there. I would do um, Sabrina Ionescu. She was like the first round pick in the WNBA draft. Okay. Um, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> You're the only one that said you have the Bible app, so got to be Jesus. Jesus. Oh, after she said that, I was like, oh, I probably should have said that. Too. <laughs> yeah. I deleted it, but I still get the email. Um, I couldn't really think of a second one, but my top would definitely be Sadie Robertson. Okay. Favorite restaurant? This is a quick round. The Cheesecake Factory. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I would say Friendly's, but since I got rid of that, oh, yes. oh, yeah. Friendly's I'm going to so go check it. I know. And they had like, like, oh my gosh, they had like little cheeseburgers, like on like a little. Yeah, sliders. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember like so the blue and red pop that they had? Yes. Any Italian restaurant. Any Italian, okay. Uh, I'd have I'd have to say Chick Fil A probably. Chick Fil A, okay. We <laughs> missed it. I love that one too. <laughs> <laughs> I only gave you one, so you're living on. Why well, you said friendlies, but then you said cheddars. Okay, cheddar. Cheddars is good. I like cheddars. Okay. Uh, I'd probably say Outback. Out Outback, okay. Or Frickers. Frickers is good, too. Yeah. Frickers. Or Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> oh, I love their, like, rolls. Uh, oh. And that butter. Oh, yes. Sent from Jesus himself. <laughs> 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 All 
All right, one last one. This is the last icebreaker. Where would you go for a week's vacation? Dallas, Texas. Or back to China. Back to China, okay. I'd probably go to Canada because, well, not right now. We can't go. But I haven't seen, like, my grandparents in, like, six months. and It's been a while. My aunt's about to have a baby, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Regan... Regan's dad is Canadian, which is why she never wears coats in the winter. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. So, okay, Canada. Okay, I like that. I'll go to Wisconsin. Wisconsin? Mm -hmm. We went there for a family vacation once, and it was so much fun. Like, we did zip lining. We, like, were on the the beach. And it was, like, what's the thing you are when there's, like, a board and, like, you're standing on it? And you paddle. Is it called paddleboard? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember we were trying to do handstands on them. And then, like, mom took, like, a video of us from far away. And I didn't realize, like, literally everyone on the beach was watching us fail at handstands. <laughs> okay. Um, I would probably go to New Zealand because I've seen a bunch of pictures of it. And it's gorgeous. Yeah. Isn't that, like, where The Hobbit was filmed or something? Yeah. Yeah. I would probably go to Australia. Australia. So you and Blaine can take the same plane you just have to yeah good all right well this podcast is all about providing hope to people who are struggling and right now in our world as you guys know you guys you're we're supposed to be talking about going back to school right now and all there's a lot of talk about it there's a lot of questions about what's going to happen so that's really kind of why i invited you all to join me today is i want to hear from you and um, what it's like i'm I'm 55. It's been a while since I was in high school, but believe it or not, I remember a lot of it. Okay, so don't give me those looks. Who was your biggest influence in becoming a Christian? Was there somebody in your life that really kind of pointed you to Jesus? Um, My parents definitely helped with that because they always raised us um, in going to a church and getting involved in the church like going to the youth groups and everything and that's definitely helped grow my faith and helped me to start to realize as I grow up that they're teaching me these things for a reason and that I need to because sometimes I wouldn't follow their directions as much or like follow their rules but now I understand why they put them into place because after I'd break one I would understand why they had that in place and Sadie Robertson was definitely another one because when I was younger, I would watch Duck Dynasty, and that kind of sounds weird how I would like her from that, but I started following her more and getting to really listen to her podcast as well, and that definitely opened my eyes and helped me to see that even through all of your struggles and hardships, that there is a way and that Jesus is always there for you. Um, definitely my mom and my grandparents uh, helped me because they all grew up in the church. And when you're young and in the church, you, like, you don't really pay attention because you don't quite understand the whole meaning of it. But then as you get a little, a little older, they like gave you all the stories and everything that you need, and then you just have to accept it on your own. And friends helped a lot. Like, I surrounded myself with people that led me to Christ. Like, especially Regan has helped me grow a lot. That's awesome. 
this is kind of a tough question, but when when do you feel God's presence most in your life? No, I definitely feel it most when I'm praying. Like, just, I don't know, it's weird. I, like, feel the Holy Spirit almost. Um, especially when I go to church here, when Pastor Steven sings. Like, I don't like to sing along because it's just better for me to just listen. That's when I really feel, like, God's presence. I would definitely say with music is when I feel I'm close enough. Because, like, sometimes there's, like, that one song comes on, and it's, like, just describing, like, exactly what you're going through. And it's, like, just really what you need to hear at that moment. And so it always seems to end up being like that. Yeah. That's awesome. So this might be a little odd, but I feel the saddest at night. Like, I'm not one to show my emotions, but I'm one to cry at night. And there have been some things in my that have happened in my life that, I just don't like to talk about, but I feel his presence at night when I'm like crying and feeling all those emotions because I know he's there for me and I know that I can talk to him all the time and that he'll always be there for me and he can guide me through and get me through those hard times and yeah. So. Yeah, I think that's a part of worship too is knowing that God knows everything about us even more than we know ourselves and so we can kind of just lay bare before him and he knows even without voicing it he knows what we're feeling he's been there and uh, so that's a really awesome thing let's talk about school i now I, I told you before and you guys all looked at me and smiled like i'm I, there's no way you can remember back that far i can and when i was in high school probably three of the biggest issues that we dealt with this was back in the 80s which was a great decade for music by the way we we faced i think probably the top 3 were drinking sexual promiscuity and drugs mainly the drugs back then was like marijuana that's kind of pretty much what we dealt with back in the 80s what are you guys seeing today i mean it's 2020 we're we're about to go into 2021 what are you guys seeing in your schools and maybe even things that people are trying to influence you with vapes are huge yeah yeah, that was an issue maybe maybe uh, a couple of years ago when, you know, um, through sports coaches and, and, and school administration talking about that and how that was, I mean, it's, it's not good for you, obviously. I think ignorance is also uh, a, one of the biggest problems because everybody just wants to, uh, like if somebody tells them what, what they're doing is wrong, then they'll just keep doing it because they want to only believe what they want to believe and they don't want to hear anybody else out so they won't listen to anybody else i think you could probably i mean this is a uh, an election year i think we can probably say that for the the population in the united states is everybody really is focused just on what they want that's tough you know because there's a lot of views from left to right and everything in between and um you know if we're not willing to hear the other person that's a that's a huge problem. I feel like that can also kind of go along with peer pressure because there's a lot of kids in school that their friend group is just surrounded with people that want them to do the wrong thing instead of doing the right the, the thing that they knew that they know is right and they're just kind of there to be like their friends and be like, "Oh, if I'm 
around my friends, then I should do what they do and not basically going on their path. They kind of take bunny trails and yeah. totally miss what they're there to do. So, Well, that's partly why I'm asking you guys that because you have a set of standards based on God's word. And we see that as believers at any age, you see society in general is, is not typically following that. So how does that influence you? Do, do you allow those things to influence you or do you try to influence those, those peer groups like you were saying? And I guess another question, my, actually my next question is, why do you think people turn to those things, even if they're not believers? I mean, like vaping is just, it's not good for you. I mean, people have died. Why do you think people are doing those kind of things? Is it, is it peer pressure or is it something else? Um, part of it's peer pressure, but another part of it is they try to find satisfaction in anything other than God, pretty much. And I see that a lot, like in relationships in high school, no one puts God first. And so all of them just end up like breaking up and heartbreak. And before that, they have sexual impurity and that makes it even worse and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, sometimes uh, people just... A lot of people feel out of place and they want to find someone who will accept them. So a lot of people are willing to do anything to just fit in and have people who they think are their friends. But most of the time, it's just not the case. Yeah. I think um, we, you know, we're talking to 15, 16, 17 year olds here. I think that we can go all through stages of life and we still see that people want to be accepted and that's part of our human nature is I want you to accept me and I think in especially in high school when so much is changing in your life you guys are all you know learning to drive you're all getting physically older um, you're maturing um, emotionally all those things are happening in a really a period of uh, a few short years. And so you also experience that insecurity of where do I fit in? And like Blaine said, you know, apart from, from God, you can't fill those holes in your life. You know, nothing else fits. And I, I do agree. I think that people at any age are struggling with trying to find that thing that helps ease the pain or helps them to fit into society or to a certain group. Um, I think that you guys gave some really wise insight there. And I think, um, imagine what our world would be if all of us just said, I am who I am and I'm going to be who I want to be, who I'm supposed to be. Our world would be a lot different right now. Don't you think? I feel like some people, and I know this from experience, but some people don't think before they do something. And they just are kind of, again, with the peer pressure, they just don't think about, okay, there are cons to this. And they just think about the pros of, oh, my friends will like me more. Or, oh, I'll get to tell people that I got to try this and things like that. And it's definitely something that, especially in a school setting, you have to think about what you do before you do it because you can make major mistakes in life and regrets and get into more trouble than you should. And I just think that 
people need to kind of sit back and think, okay, if God was right next to me, what what would I or what would I do if he was right here and like trying to which way should I go? Should I say no or yes? Yeah, I can probably pretty safely say that all of your parents are like us and that we try even at a young age to explain to you that when you make bad decisions, there are consequences that go along with it. Sometimes it's touching a hot stove, you burn your hand, and after a few days, it's okay. Sometimes you have decisions that you make that will have consequences for the rest of your life. And I think especially as parents, we try to say, you know, we're, we're going to allow you to fail in some areas because failing is actually can be good if you're, you know, we talk about baseball now because it's baseball season. And, you know, when you strike out, that's okay. Just don't strike out every time you go to bat, right? Um, and it's kind of the same thing with life is it's okay to fail as long as you get back up, but don't make those really poor decisions that are going to affect the rest of your life. Because I believe, and you guys, I think you all know me enough to know that I believe that God has a plan for everybody's life. And if we're really intent on focusing on what his goal for us is, what his path for us is, life's going to be so great. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be so great, so fulfilling. I, I think that that's one thing that we try to instill in in our kids, and I know your parents do too, is that um, it's okay to make mistakes. Just don't make the same one over and over. Some mistakes have lifelong consequences. Um, I also have something to add from the last thing. Uh, I think high schoolers think that God takes away every trouble and makes everything easy, so then they get really discouraged, and then they stop and look to the world again. That's a really great point. I can't tell you how many times in my life when something bad has happened that people go, you know, you know, I trusted you, God, or how could you let this happen? And instead of understanding that from God's perspective, that we see so little of what his plan is for our lives. But if sometimes if you look back, you can see that maybe something that didn't go the way you wanted in your life was actually God leading you to something better. Um, or maybe it wasn't something better, but it, maybe it was just a better way. And, uh, and you're right. I think, Blaine, that I think a common misconception, which is one of my questions here, but one of uh, the common misconceptions that people have about being a Christian is that once you accept Christ, everything's going to be great. And I would say if we look to Jesus in Scripture and the disciples, their lives were not great. They didn't have a lot. They struggled a lot through life. And I always used to, I, I like to talk about the passage when Jesus is walking on the water. But before that, the 5,000 were fed. And it was just a boy with five loaves and two fish that was willing to help. And he fed 5,000 people that day. Then he went to the mountain to pray. And he told the disciples, you remember? He told him to go across the Sea of Galilee and to meet him in another city. So they were in God's will. But then it says in the evening, Jesus from the hill saw them struggling because the wind was against them. So they were in God's will, but things weren't going great. And it was so bad that he came walking on the water. He thought that they thought he was a ghost. And as soon as he got in the boat, the winds calmed down. I think that's, I love that scripture because it reminds us that even when we're in God's will, life isn't always going to be easy. But if we understand that and we look for ways to see God's hand in what we're going through, it can really help us, and it allows us then to help others. 
So we talked about consequences, and um, do you? I'm going to use one example. We talked about cell phones. Do you and your parents have safeguards in place for your cell phone usage? I have screen time on my phone, so my phone shuts off at 11, mm-hmm. and then it turns on at 7. Wow. So, but like safeguard wise, I don't. I don't think they have anything blocked. But we do have, like, the internet and YouTube blocked on my sister's stuff because we don't trust her yet. <laughs> Mara's so sweet. Yes. But is. anytime she sees a phone. Oh, yeah. She's got pictures on it. Malia Selfies was last just, night. Yeah, Marilia was just talking about the uh, last night she took <laughs> Mrs. Stone's phone. Yeah. So. I don't. I just think my parents, like, gave me the phone at 13, so they, like, waited a while to try to protect me from things before that, but once they gave it to me, they were like, here, I trust you with this. Bree, I had a hard time reaching out to you because you're not on social media. No, I don't have any social media. Is that your choice? Yeah, that's my choice. That's pretty impressive. Everybody else here, I contacted i think through instagram is how we kind of communicated but you had to text and i was impressed with that so good for you i think um not that social media is bad but it can be a distraction if nothing Mm -hmm. else and so um impressive i'm gonna ask you guys well and and regan too because of the the time screen time that you do you think that's fair should they shouldn't they trust you from 11 and at night until seven in the morning yeah i think it's just uh addiction thing or just to get off of it yeah i'm i'm kind of glad it's on there so i don't end up staying up late movies at late at night and youtube and yeah yeah yep I, i think the reason that parents do that stuff is because they care about their kids it's not it's not something like they want them to uh to be missing out on something they just care about them and want the best for them and uh, it's fair, but sometimes it goes a bit overboard. Not too much, though. And not not with Why you guys. Why are you looking at me? No, no. <laughs> you, like, you just said we don't have really any uh, restrictions or anything, so yeah. it's not you guys, but some other parents. Okay. What my little sister doesn't realize is she always thinks, like, whenever she gets in trouble for something, she's like, you hate me. But no, it's... we're telling you to stop because we know it's not good for you that's right like she'll be playing on the xbox and we tell her to get off and she just doesn't listen she always takes it the wrong way but she doesn't realize that we're telling her to stop because we care about her regan you need to hang out with joshua because he spends an awful lot of time on his xbox (laughs) two in the morning i hear yelling down the hall but the the great thing though is Regan, you're seeing you're seeing um, from a parental perspective. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I'll play at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I, I get off. I get off at like twelve at the latest, and then I'm on my phone until two in the morning. But okay, so probably your parents should put a, a screensaver or a screen time block on like Regan's. Yeah, Sorry I guess they just that, don't Josh. care about me. <laughs> For those so, of you that don't know, Joshua and Malia are my kids. So for me, this might be a bit odd too, but having a boyfriend kind of helps <laughs> because when he goes to bed, 
then I have nobody to talk to. <laughs> so I kind of feel obligated to go to bed. But no, and then uh, obviously having a job that gets you up at about 6.30 in the morning, or for me, about 6.30 to get ready by 7.40 to leave the house, it definitely helps because at night you have to you kind of know your limits yourself and say, okay, I need to go to bed now because if not, my body's going to regret it in the morning that I didn't go to bed earlier. Um, so that definitely plays a role. And for sports, your work or you go to school for, well, during the school time, you have school all day, then you have practices or games, and then you have to do homework after. So it's kind of like you can't be on your phone and you have to know, okay, I need to get this, I need to set my priorities straight in order to get everything done that I need to. And then I can have my phone or have my screen time. I'm going to jump to uh, another topic, and that is uh, something that Blaine brought up. But I want to also look at the flip side of that. Um, you talked about how some people think that being a Christian, life's supposed to be easy. Kind of the flip side is um, a lot of people think that being a Christian is just a bunch of rules. Do you guys know of anybody like that who feels like, you know, you can't swear, you can't drink, you can't smoke, you can't do all these things, and it's more about what you can't do in life. So basically, Christianity is no fun. Anybody have any insight or or experience with that at all? I mean, technically, as a Christian, you can pretty much do anything because Jesus died uh, for all of our sins. So even if you sin, you can do that. But as a Christian, you shouldn't do it. It's not like set in rules that you shouldn't because Jesus died for our sins, so they're forgiven. So you shouldn't do it. But, I mean, there's no rule saying that you can't do it because of your religion. I know we, me and Regan just went through Proverbs, and we went through a lot of those topics like drinking and smoking and all that stuff. And it talked about a lot about keeping your mind clear. And you're allowed to have, like, one drink or... Just don't get overly drunk to where you're not acting under your own consciousness. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have to remember Jesus turned water into wine, right, at a wedding. So um, I think generally uh, kind of what Joshua was saying is that because we've accepted Christ, he takes away that sin that we talked about that that started in, in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, and Christianity is about a relationship with Jesus. So take that to our earthly views, and with your parents, you have a relationship with your parents, and you don't always, but you do find yourself many times thinking, I'm going to do this thing because I want to please them, right? Um, Even if you don't want to admit that right now. You do things in relationships, not because it's a rule or because you have to, but because you know that the other person would be pleased by this doing nice things. Right. And I think that's what Joshua is alluding to is that we can do whatever we want. And ultimately, if we're really following Jesus, those sins are forgiven. But if we really want to please him in the relationship we have with him, we just don't really want to do those things. And I think that's a key difference is understanding that in our relationship with Christ, you find yourself, the closer you get to Jesus, the more that you just want to abide by what he's saying is right and not doing what he says is wrong. Another stereotype of Christianity, or what some people think is like, 
I'm not worthy enough or God doesn't love me, but that's not the case at all. Yeah. Like Jesus didn't just die for his, his people. He died for every single person. That's right. And a lot of people will also think like when you accept Jesus and he forgives your sins and they read in the Bible that you are not perfect and you can't be perfect, that they won't try to be perfect. So they just continue and then keep asking forgiveness. And it's kind of like a cycle instead of trying to overcome their sin and stop. Yeah, there's a term in Scripture called sanctification. And when you become a new Christian, and let's say let's say that you do all the things that you're not supposed to do. That's just been your lifestyle. But all of a sudden, you just realized, you know, I need Jesus in my life. I need him to fill those holes that I've been trying to fill with other things. You're not going to wake up typically the next morning and go, I don't want to drink anymore. I don't want to do drugs anymore. I don't want to do this and that anymore. Typically, it's a process, right? And and even if you're not the person that has addictions or any of those things, we always try to be better all throughout our lives. And you can talk to people who have been Christians for 80, 90 years, and they still are in that process of sanctification or that process of becoming more Christ-like. And so that's the important distinction, I think, is to understand that, you know, we are never going to be perfect. And um, that's another misconception, I think, is that some people who are not believers think that we as believers think we're perfect. Hopefully they can see past that because I think um, none of us do anything that shows that we're perfect. We all make mistakes in front of people. So, yeah, I think that's a good a good point, Regan. I would say going along with what you said that other people that aren't Christians think that we think we're perfect and stuff. And I feel like they also believe that since they don't have like the same beliefs or they don't do what we do, that we hate them or dislike them because of that. Yeah. And that's like, and it's, I really don't, it's not like that whatsoever. Like I remember one time in one of my class, um, there were people that like have said constantly, like out loud that they don't like Christianity. They don't like that. And they're like, you shouldn't follow a religion that makes you hate people. And I'm like, it's not like that whatsoever. And like, I'm, there are probably some Christians out there who got that mixed up and probably do act like that. But it's not, that's not what we believe. We believe that like, like God loves everyone. God loves you. God loves me. No matter what our sins are, they're all equal in his eyes. So you're not below me. I'm not above you. There's no difference. I think that's great, and that's something that I think a lot of people listening need to hear, is that um, whether you're a believer or not, and God loves all of us just the same, when Jesus died on the cross, he died for everybody, not just for me or just for you. He wanted, through that, his death and then his resurrection, um, this goes back to animal sacrifices. You can read about this in the Old Testament and why he had to die on the cross. So if you don't, if you're listening and you don't understand all that and why a guy being nailed to a cross saves us, look into that and, and do some research or talk to someone or go to a church and ask a pastor or someone you know who's a, a believer about that because it really starts to make sense as to why he did what he did and why he didn't do it just for a few, but he did it for everybody. I think that's really a, a really important message that people need to hear. I also think a lot of people think that Christians try to force their religion on other religions because they are trying to down other religions, but really we're just trying to speak out of love and tell the truth. And a lot of people don't 
want to hear that. Yeah, I've thought about that a lot over the years. And um, there came a point in my life when I realized I was kind of being a Christian because I was raised in that. And so when I graduated from high school and I moved out, I started going, hmm, do I really believe what I say I believe and, and why? And that's kind of why we're here today is I want to hear from you guys. But in that, I started researching, you know, Buddhists, they all very firmly believe, obviously, what they believe. And, and all these other religions, they all very much believe what they believe. So why do I think that my religion, why do I think Christianity is the right one? So I did a lot of research, and I did a lot of praying, and I did a lot of seeking, and came back to where I am today, and that is that I just believe that, you know, historic Jesus and religious Jesus, and it, it all makes sense. It is, there's, the Bible makes it clear. It, it seems to make the most sense what the Bible says about why the world is the way it is today and, and what the answer for that is. So what's it like being a follower of Jesus in a public school? Do you guys have any experiences, good or bad, with that? It's kind of hard because other people claim to be Christians because it's the cool thing to do and everyone wants to be accepted by that, but you just see the people and their actions and you want to like call them out and for their own good, but you can't really do that. Otherwise, you'll get turned on by a lot of other people. Yeah. It's hard, and, and you know, we're not supposed to judge others, but we can also see the fruit in their lives, too. And again, that the hard part is we talked about sanctification, and you know, if you're a young believer, you can be sanctified much quicker than another, um, but you could also have people in school that are much further along than you are in your pr- sanctification process and much earlier, and, and so it's hard. It, it, it is difficult, but I think the best way we can do that you guys tell me if you agree, is uh, just by example, by us living our lives the way we should. I also feel like it's hard because some of our teachers don't believe the same things that we do, and maybe they are part of a different religion. But for us Christ followers to try and spread the love of God to others and then kind of have a peer that shuts it down because they don't believe it and they don't want that in their classroom. And that's what I like about FCA because it brings people together. And even if you're not a part of the FCA, but you're a friend that is part of it, invites you to it, then that's slowly a way to start bringing people in and realizing that the love or like seeing the love of God and then those people invite some of their friends and it just starts to grow and become bigger before you make a big step and go to a church or maybe your family doesn't like allow you to go to a church so that's a good way to go before school and kind of just get to fellowship with other people that understand where you're coming from and understand that you are trying to grow further in your relationship and there's people to help you do so. Yeah, that's great. FCA is, for those that don't know, is Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I didn't necessarily choose you guys because of that, but you are all student athletes. So um, that worked out good. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it, is, it can be a difficult thing because you don't want people to get the wrong idea of your belief system and what, you know, uh, what other people maybe are saying that are off center. You know, we, we tend to see people on the news that are really extreme in some way. And then 
people that aren't believers look at that and say, well, that's what Christians are, and it's not necessarily the case like Bree was saying. So, Well, we're going to start wrapping things up here. I got a, a couple of really maybe difficult questions, but I think they're really good questions. The first one is what, what would you like others to know about you? Um, I'd want them to know that, you know, regardless of their beliefs or uh, anything like that, you know, we still we still care and love for them, no matter if they completely, completely, completely disagree with us. You know, just that we love them because, you know, not because we have to, but because we actually love them and we're not going to uh, hate them because of their beliefs. I would probably want people to know that Again, it doesn't matter about their beliefs, their race, their nationality, whatever, that I will always be there for them to talk to. And even if it's just a simple thing of saying, hey, I just want to say something to you. Do you mind if I can just talk to you and you not comment back or anything? That I'm just there to listen. And if they need help through a situation, I can try and help them and give them some sort of advice if I kind of know what they're going through. But other than that, I just want people to know that I care and love for them as much as anybody else. Especially with this time with all the, like, segregation that's going on or whatever you yeah. want to call it. Yeah. Like, it's not, like, I'm. we're supposed to love everyone. Like, God created man in his own image. Nobody, Nobody's different. We shouldn't shame anybody for, like, how they are. Um, one thing when, with homosexuality, like a lot of people, when they hear that someone's Christian, they're like, oh, they automatically, like they don't, they hate me. But when I make friends with those people, or if I, if I talk to one, I kind of make sure that they know that I'm a Christian and I'm not going to judge you for it or I don't hate you, but I just don't believe your beliefs but that doesn't mean I have like anything against you. Yeah, that's good. There's a phrase out there um, called love the sinner, hate the sin. And that's a really hard thing for some people to understand. Uh, But I think that's what you're saying is that, you know, we all, we all are sinners. Some of us are covered by grace, but it doesn't matter whether, uh, you're dealing with homosexual tendencies or whether you're a drug addict or whether you're whatever. Um, you're right. Like right now, the big thing is Black Lives Matter and all the racial tension. And I watch the news and I just want to say we are all human beings. Skin color, color of our hair, color of our eyes, what we like, what we don't like. None of that matters. We're all human beings. Um, I would probably... I just want other people to know that, like, I don't think I'm perfect. I know I'm, like, far away from that. And there's, like, still so much progress I would personally like to make with myself and my relationship with God. And that I'm not, I'm just not. um, There's some moments where I feel like I'm not qualified to even talk about him because I just feel like I'm not far as I should be. Yeah. But I don't want other people to also think that's because I'm like, I don't want to talk about him. It's just that I just don't want to say something wrong. Yeah, I think we all have that feeling at times. Uh, I feel like I'd want people to know that no matter what they come to me for, I'm going to give you my all. I'm going to give you 100%. 
And, you know, sometimes that might be giving you advice that I might mention Jesus and God in, but that's just may not be what you want to hear, but that's because I feel like God is love and I love you and I want to share it to you. That's great. And I think, you know, we talked a little bit earlier and kind of along the lines of what you just said is if I have the antidote for something that's going to save your life and I just sit back and hold that and watch you suffer, it doesn't make sense. So for those who are not believers that are listening, you know, if you have people come up to you who are, who are Christians and they talk about God, look at it from maybe a different perspective that they they feel like, like I do. I have kind of, if you want to call it the antidote for getting through this life. And if I don't share that with you, I'm not much of a friend. Maybe for those of you that struggle with that, maybe take that perspective because um, I, I know these guys here um, and girls here that um, they really have a great heart. They, they really are trying to follow Christ. None of us are perfect. I want to end with one last question, um, but this is a little sobering, and I just want to get your honest, deep-down response to this. Uh, the question is, if you knew that tomorrow was your last day on earth, what would you want to say to your friends who don't follow Jesus? I would probably say to read the Bible because God's Word is a two-edged sword and it cuts deeper and it opens people's eyes and it works so well. And I'm not going to be able to portray with my own words what the Bible can. I would probably say to them, I'd probably say, I know where I'm going and I just want you to know that you can figure that out too. Like, there's a way that you can have that peace that I feel of when your time of passing that you can know where you're going to. That's really good. Yeah, I'd say it says in the Bible that God's the way, the truth, and the light, and that you need to follow his path and that you can find peace and find your eternal life with him up in heaven. You just need to crack open the Bible and really just dig deep into it and find the meanings and start to understand that everything that is said in there is the truth and everything that is said has a purpose and has a way of really getting to your heart and maybe you're going through something that what's being said in the Bible can help you get through it. Sometimes, um, like I, I would share my testimony, but it's, I just grew up in a Christian home. Um, so I don't have much to, I don't have an inspiring story, but like what Blaine said, I'd definitely share like Bible verses and stories with them and send like sermons and stuff. Cause like after reading Revelation and like seeing like everything that happens in the end of the world it just like motivates you even more to share the gospel because you don't want you don't want your friends to go through that. It's just terrifying to picture. Yeah. I want to thank you guys for being here today. I know that you have busy schedules too. It's kind of enlightened me to hear from you guys, and it's also inspired me to hear from your hearts just how much you're seeking after God. And I think the the big message that we all want to share is that none of us are perfect. We love Jesus. We want to be His hands and feet here on earth. And I think the other thing that I want to encourage anybody that's listening is that if you're struggling with anything, whether it's suicidal thoughts or depression, those are two big things right now with COVID that are going on. 
doesn't matter what age you are. That's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of people struggling with that. If you're trying to figure out this whole religion thing, if you're trying to figure out who Jesus is and if he's even real, I would encourage you to find a church or find a, a believer that you can talk to and just ask questions. Um, I would also encourage you to go to our social media pages. These, these kids here would love to communicate with you through social media and answer questions or just friend you. Um, so go to Behind the Mic, Conversations of Hope on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter and leave your comments. And um, I know these guys would be more than happy kind of respond to you and get a conversation going with you because we're we don't believe we're here just to live and die we believe we're here for a purpose and we believe that you have a purpose too so thank you all well i've had lots of fun hearing from regan brie blaine joshua and melia today what a fun group of kids i hope you enjoyed the show too and i also hope that if you're a follower of jesus that you will pray for our children all of them They face an uncertain future and have legitimate concerns about it. I hope that you will take some opportunities in your day, each and every day, to reach out to children and teens in your life, hear from them, support them, and encourage them. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you'd like to know more about him, I want you to know that all of us today on the show are praying for you. We also encourage you to find a Bible-believing church in your area and ask them to help you to know more about Jesus. Hey, we would love to hear from you, too. You can find Behind the Mic Conversations of Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also visit our website at BehindTheMic.net. Leave us a comment, a question, or leave your story. We would love to hear from you. Well, next week... We're going to continue our theme of teenagers with my guest, Ed Stoll. Ed travels the country talking to teens and parents about the obstacles parents are facing in raising our children in Christ, how our youth are struggling with secular culture, and why 70% of today's young adults drop out of church. Ed has some great insight after years of research and study, and you won't want to miss it. Thanks again for joining us this week, and remember, if your life is grounded in Jesus, even in the darkest times, there is hope.